a trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Yeah, the battle for your mind, it's a real thing. And that's why every day I'll sit behind this microphone and try to share the best truths that I can find. Today I'm being assisted by a veteran truth teller by the name of Eric Peters from ericpetersautos.com. Eric, great to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. Um, I'm thinking my natural immunity is carrying me through this fiasco. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting. Uh, all the nurses that are being fired right now for refusing mm-hmm. to take the, the vaccination, um, I wonder how many of them have natural immunity from the, from the time that they've been working, you know, around these patients, and maybe some of them have been infected. I know you had a recent article here. Mm-hmm. Is it just luck? Walk, yeah. us, walk us through the, the thought process in that article. Well, shortly before the official pandemic was declared, this was, I guess, in the late fall of 2019, I, along with several of my friends, caught um, a particularly nasty bug. It wasn't quite the flu, but it wasn't quite like anything else. Um, It was a respiratory kind of a thing, and I had this weird crackling in my lungs when I would exhale. Anyway, it it hung around for about a week or so, and then it was gone, and I didn't think any more of it until the official pandemic began. And here we are, fast forward almost two years later, and as you know, I've not practiced uh, sickness kabuki even once. In fact, I've gone out of my way to do the opposite, to behave normally, to shake people's hands, to hug people I know, um, to go out in public and to never wear uh, the holy rag of the sickness cult. And yet, I'm not sick. So I was thinking about it, and either I'm incredibly lucky or some sort of a genetic superman Or uh, I'm probably immune to this thing, like so many other people who have gotten it, gotten over it, and are now fine. Well, I'm glad you're asking the questions that that you are asking, because, you know, you have to wonder um, if if this were as bad as some want us to think that it is, uh, whether that be media or whether it be some of the uh, wholly owned subsidiaries of you know, big corporate medicine or uh, Mm -hmm. the, the government agencies that are basically handing them their talking notes. Mm-hmm. You would think that, that we would, would see a little more talk about natural immunity, but it seems like that's one of those forbidden topics. I don't know if it'll get you censored as quick as questioning the vaccine, but wow. Yeah, that is really descriptive of the pathology that we're dealing with right now, because it is the science. It's established. It's not questioned that people who have acquired natural immunity from whatever it happens to be, whether it's measles, chicken pox, um, or this particular virus, uh, have, as it's, as it's put, robust immunity. There was a very interesting exchange between Dr. and Senator Ron Paul and uh, the head of HHS, a guy named Bercera, who's a career bureaucrat, not a doctor, has absolutely no credentials in any field related to medicine or science. And Dr. Paul was pointing out the facts regarding uh, natural immunity and that it's ridiculous to demand that people uh, submit to a vaccination that carries with it all kinds of risks uh, over a sickness that they're immune to. And this Bursera creature just basically stood there like a wooden Indian and deflected every single point that Dr. Paul made. And it's, it, it's enormously frustrating to, to listen to exchanges like this because it's, it's rational, reasonable versus hysterical, uh, emotional, and political. 
Yeah, <clears throat> and and of course, you know, with with the fear being whipped up, uh, a lot of the public shuts down the the better part of its ability to think. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you're asking questions. Like, is it just luck? Because it's it's remarkable your your lack of compliance there, Eric, should have subjected you to an early death a long time ago, but somehow well, it sure. didn't. Yeah, you know, and to get back to your point about the the nurses and the doctors who are being pressured to get jabbed and who are being fired for refusing to do that, that's another example of the pathology of the thing that we're dealing with right now. If the concern is people's health, why in the world would you fire healthcare workers, the heroes of yesterday who you know put their lives on the line for all of this, and now they're to be cast aside like human refuse simply because they want bodily autonomy and they don't want to subject themselves to an undue risk. And keep in mind, these are people who are professionals in the medical field and who have had firsthand experience of what's going on. I trust their judgment a whole lot more than I trust, uh, trust the judgment of career bureaucrats like Bursera or even so-called Dr. Fauci, who hasn't practiced medicine in 50 years. Yeah, that's a little concerning, too, when you see the news media fawning over Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, will we be able to gather for Christmas this year? Oh, do tell us. Will we have permission? Isn't it incredible? This serial liar and perjurer uh, continues to be held up as some kind of a totem uh, for obedience and for reverence. It, it, it absolutely staggers me. It halts me. Sometimes I struggle for words to describe it. He's, he's been proved at bare minimum to have been wrong about a number of critical things. There is strong evidence that he uh, deliberately misled and lied the American people about other things. This person should be cast out. This person has no credibility. Uh, he's not motivated by, by good motives. Uh, and yet he continues to be treated with this, this degree of respectfulness that astonishes me. Well, and I, I was looking at, uh, I guess it was on Twitter yesterday since Facebook was, was toast, yep. <clears throat> which was kind of a nice break. But uh, looking on Twitter, someone brought up an article from May of 2019 about how the Chinese were already doing massive um, PCR testing among mm-hmm. their population. That was, you know, before there was any pandemic. And then mm-hmm. there, was a, there was another article about, uh, I think it was November of 2019, about, well, the flu is kind of being pushed out of the spotlight by some mystery mm-hmm. respiratory virus. And again, long before the, the pandemic officially arrived here in mm-hmm. America. You know, another one, I don't know if, you're, um, if you've been uh, keeping abreast of this, but do you remember shortly before the pandemic, roughly the year before, there was a lot of talk about popcorn lung and vaping. Remember yes. that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that just fell by the wayside, too. Isn't it interesting? Another respiratory disease or issue that a lot of people were having, having it just vanished. Now, apparently, there's no problem with vaping and popcorn lung. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that uh, you are staying healthy. I suspect this is the case for a lot of people. And like I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm dealing with a bit of a chest cold right now and a touch of laryngitis. And I hate how paranoid I have to feel to where I mean, sure. I had to excuse myself from a family family gathering over the weekend because I could feel a sore throat coming on. And in the interest of, well, you know, I don't want to expose anybody unnecessarily. I, I had mm-hmm. to cut it short and go home. Yeah, we're all being carried along by this riptide. I think you and I talked about an incident that I can recall from a few months back when I and my girlfriend were at Lowe's and we were in the checkout line waiting to, to get some stuff. And somebody uh, in the store sneezed, and it, all of a sudden it was as if you know you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> that's, you know, that's... I mean, a thing that used to be—I per- mean, nobody gave it a second thought—and and now people are so on edge because of this juggernaut of terror porn 
that is being purveyed to them every single day from every single orifice of the government and from these corporations that have become effectively the government, that uh, it's affected all of us, even right thinkers like you and I who are trying to keep a level head. It seeps into your pores, you know, almost almost like a disease. Yeah, and and it does. It causes panic in, in other people. And I don't want to be one of those people who's living in fear. But uh, you know what? I have not been immune to some of the mind games that have been taking place over the last couple of years. No, none of us have. And I think um, none of us can fully appreciate the degree to which we've been PTSD'd. I know that's overused, but I think it's it's still apt. This constant stress is unprecedented that's been imposed on people, both at home, in their friendships, in their, uh, in their livelihoods, just everywhere, that you can't just live. You have no peace anymore. You can't just have a day where it's a normal day and you get up and you have your breakfast, you know, you kiss your family goodbye, you go to work and you do your job and that's it. You do your job and you come home and everything's normal. We haven't had that for almost two years now. It's It's been very rough. And I, I agree with you. I think it's been very traumatic for a lot of people. Um, and And yet at the same time, um, it doesn't show any signs of going away anytime soon. I don't see those who are pushing for greater and greater state control and more restrictions. They don't appear to be on the ropes right now, so that puts the rest of us in kind of a tricky situation. Well, I would say that I, from my, my sense of things is that they have gelled. I think uh, you have got two sides now, and uh, they're equally committed to their points of view. And, of course, the, the, um, the official organs of government and the corporatocracy are continuing to try to amp up things. However, there is a lot of pushback. If you compare today with six months ago or a year ago, think how many people are not playing along. They're not wearing the, the holy uh, face rag. Um, they are refusing to get their vaccine, even to the extent of losing their jobs at great personal cost. There have been hundreds of people in my own state of Virginia who work as nurses and doctors who um, are, are, are who have lost their jobs or will lose their jobs uh, in the coming week or two because they don't want to uh, they're not willing to get jabbed over this. Uh, there are massive protests in New York City that are going on all over the country. They're just not being covered as much because, of course, the mainstream press is the propaganda arm of the government and these big corporations. No, let's let's pick this up on the other side of the break um, because. We have some decisions to make. Eric Peters is my guest. We will be back in just a few moments. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1 800 990 6976. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're 
are doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Rates, policy points, and availability vary by state. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. With the Democratic sweep officially in place, we are now at the mercy of tax and spend economics. Get ready for runaway national debt pushing the further devaluation of the dollar. So if you haven't invested in gold, now is the time to protect your savings. Birch Gold Group is the premier precious metals IRA company in America. With an A-plus BBB rating and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold can help you move an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by gold. Go to birchgold.com slash radio for your free information kit. That's birchgold.com slash radio. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Eric Peters from epautos.com is my guest. Eric, as we were going to break, you had mentioned something about, uh, you know, people are facing the impending loss of jobs. This I'm starting to see this in so many areas, and a lot of people are having to... Uh, they're they're having to make some alternative plans, get things ready just in mm-hmm. case. In fact, you have a you have an article about just in case. Talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the decisions that that you have had to look at personally because of all these these various uh, policies. Yeah, that article refers specifically to um, something that's going on in my state of Virginia, which is a gubernatorial election uh, in about a month from now, less than a month from now, actually, um, where it's very likely that our current governor, who's awful, uh, the coon man, um, uh, Northam, will probably be replaced by uh, an even worse leftist, Clinton apparatchik Terry McAuliffe. You probably remember him from back in the 90s. Um, there is a milquetoast Republican who is his nominal opponent, but he's got basically no chance because Northern Virginia controls the state, and Northern Virginia is controlled heavily by these leftists, these Jacobite leftist people who are ruining the country at any rate. Uh, I'm here in the far southwest corner of Virginia, almost walking distance to North Carolina, and I love my place. I love my, you know, my land, my house, everything that I've, I've put into it. And it never occurred to me that I might have to 
have to sell and, and go somewhere else. But I begin to think it might be wise to prepare for that possibility because McAuliffe is one of these radicals, and it's very possible that Virginia could become the next New York uh, where vaccine passports are mandated for you to do anything, essentially. And it could go even worse than that. So I think it's prudent to prepare. And this is general advice, just like it's a good idea to keep your house in good shape because you never know when you might need to sell. The same with your car. If you let things slide, you let them deteriorate, you think you're going to do it next week or next month, and then next month comes and something changes in your life and you need to sell your car, you need to sell your house, and now you're faced with having to, having to bring it up to snuff in order to sell it and not lose your shirt um, you know, without any real time to do it and, and, and just having to throw a lot of money at it. And that's, that's why I recommend people just get their houses in order, so to speak, and literally, um, so that they're ready if they do have to make a big decision like that. Yeah, relocation may be a key. And you point out in that article that, uh, you know, relocating, that's stressful. That's difficult. I know this because I did it earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And and that was under, I think, pretty good circumstances. But there are other adjustments that have been pretty traumatic over this last year. For instance, talk to me about how many relationships in your life have been altered because of the the varying uh, polarization sides that have come about uh, Mm -hmm. due to these COVID restrictions. Well, I'm sure my experience is, this simil- is similar or even the same as yours and probably everybody who's listening to this program in that we have reached this point of bifurcation where uh, you, you, cannot, uh, you cannot coexist with people that you have a difference of opinion over this Rona stuff. You know, the, the, the true believers, the hardcore maskers and vaccine pushers are intolerable. They won't tolerate us. We're willing to tolerate them. That's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. You and I and most, most people on our side of the fence are, you know, believers in liberty and personal choice. And, and we feel that if somebody else, you know, wants to wear a mask, if that makes them feel comfortable, if they want to go and get a vaccine or any other medical procedure, that's their right. They have the right to choose to do that. The problem is they're not willing to extend to us that same courtesy. They're not willing to respect our right to choose for ourselves, and they're determined to use every mechanism and every lever that they have at their disposal to coerce and force us to do that. And so our option really comes down to two things. We can fight them. We can fight them, as you and I are doing right now on the air, with ideas. We may have to fight physically, or we can figure out a way to just get away from them, and that might come down to moving to a place that is dominated and controlled by people who do believe and in, in choice and respect people's right to choose. You know, over the weekend, I had the privilege of attending uh, an event, I believe it was called Liberty Fest 2021 um, in mm-hmm. southern Idaho. And when I, when I went to, to get my ticket there at the gate, uh, the first thing I asked them was, um, where do I need to show my vaccine uh, papers? Yeah. And, and they looked at me like, you don't need those here. And I went, exactly. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's why I'm here. And, yep. and, you know, went around, met a bunch of great people. The numbers still smaller than I would have hoped for, but it was good to see people who are in the fight. And I I, I feel like I have, have come to a place where there's there's primarily an attitude of we will keep our freedoms. We'll, we'll assume whatever risks yep. there are to be assumed. So I, I wish you and anybody else who's struggling with that decision luck. That was a tough decision for me, but I feel like I made the right one, and I feel like I definitely landed in a very, very good place, you know, to to weather the storm. I think you did, and I urge everybody to preserve their humanity. And one way of preserving their humanity, perhaps the foundational and fundamental way to preserve your humanity, is to respect the humanity of other people. And that means, again, to respect their right to choose, to let them alone, to let them run their lives. You run your life. 
That used to be the American way. And what's happening is we're becoming this busybody society where uh, your business is somehow everybody else's business and their business is your business. And that's just an intolerable way to live as far as I'm concerned. Well, and heaven help you if you do stand up for yourself. Uh, For instance, there have been a lot of parents who have been showing up at school board meetings across the country because the kids are being used as pawns. We must mask them for their own safety and so forth. And, you know, these uh, school administrators seem very eager to toe the line of of the, uh, the COVID fear peddlers. And now, was it, what was I seeing in the news? Uh, the, the head of the school board association went to the Biden administration saying, isn't there something you can do? Can you get the FBI to look into these people as possible mm-hmm. domestic extremists? And isn't that horrible? And they're doing it. Of course they're doing it. They, they've been very open about that. They are wanting to characterize anybody who questions mandated vaccines, not vaccines. Hey, go get a vaccine if you wanted. We're talking about mandated vaccines, vaccine passports, all of these coercive measures. They are looking to characterize people who believe in simple choice and respecting other people's integrity, bodily integrity, and their right to to, to decide for themselves as extremists, if not terrorists. That's how bad things are getting. It's unreal. I mean, so so people who think, well, you know, I'll just uh, sit here quietly and ignore it. I don't think that's going to be an option much longer. You're going to be forced to either pass or play. It's not. Uh, You may recall the words of Martin Niemöller, who was a pastor and who, prior to being a pastor, was a U-boat commander in the First World War. And when the Nazis took power, by that time he'd become, I think, a Protestant minister. I'm not quite sure whether he was Protestant or Lutheran, but at any rate, he was a very prominent pastor minister. And he wrote those famous lines about, uh, you know, when they came for the Social Democrats, I did nothing because I wasn't a Social Democrat. Uh, When they came for the Jews, I did nothing because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to stand up for me. Right, right. That's not an exact, exact paraphrase, but words to that effect. And, and his point is, is extremely well taken and needs to be remembered by this generation of people, that if you don't stand up for somebody else's freedom and object when their rights are trodden upon, uh, who is going to help you when your freedoms and your rights are trodden upon? You cannot, you don't have the luxury any longer of sitting on the sidelines quietly and hoping this is going to pass you by. You, you have this obligation, as unpleasant as it is, to stand up not only for your rights, but for the rights of others as well. Well, Eric, I appreciate that you practice what you preach. You know, when you tell people, hey, you want to bolster your natural immunity, you've got to take care of yourself, you know, eat right, exercise, you know, and do, do the right things. You're not asking people to do anything you're not willing to do yourself. Oh, absolutely. And I'm urging people to simply exercise their own judgment and to demand to be allowed isn't it horrible we have to use that term to decide for themselves how their lives are going to be lived uh, and not to submit to being told what they're going to do for the rest of their lives as regards every minute aspect of their lives by these arrogant control freaks well we're, we're down to our last 30 seconds here eric but i will say this if it ever gets to the point that you need to relocate um I will save a spot for you here in, in uh, beautiful southern Idaho. <laughs> I well, think thanks, Brian. You may see me. You know, I've been through Idaho. It's a beautiful state. Well, my my attitude is as long as I got a biscuit, you got half. So, you know, come, come and join <laughs> the free people. I'll bring my ducks and chickens. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Eric, tell people where they can find your website. Sure. It's uh, epautos.com, um, and it's you know pretty self-explanatory. You load up the main page, you'll see everything that's there, and I encourage people to jump in and join the conversation. Very good. Eric, we'll talk again next week. Thank you, Brian.
This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Do want to send a quick shout out to my sponsors, including MonticelloCollege.org, LifesavingFood.com, and the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Let's uh, plow forward, shall we? <clears throat> I'm still, still fighting a little bit of a cold here, and I'm still just a little bit, a uh, little bit geeked out by the idea that, man, you start to get a sore throat, you start to get the sniffles. Heaven forbid, you get a cough. Whew. It's like this dark cloud of gloom just wants to gather over the top of you. Well, now, you know, this might be the Rona. And I'm, I don't want to live my life in fear. But I got to tell you, about the time I started losing my voice, well, <laughs> it was making me a little bit nervous. So, anyway, moving forward, I saw an article, actually was reading this, <clears throat> excuse me, last night. And it was an AP article which uh, talked about how doctors are getting frustrated that uh, people are not taking their advice. And specifically, it was, you know, doctors are frustrated. People aren't taking their advice in regards to COVID or COVID treatment. And I'll tell you what made it suspicious to me, then this is just, you know, me, but it was the the fact that uh, what the doctors were, were, were recommending was absolutely to the letter what the narrative tells us we should be doing. And the article refers to, you know, now ivermectin, <clears throat> which is nothing more than a veterinary horse paste. And I went, okay, this is damage control, pure and simple. The Associated Press appears to be engaging in, in damage control. Because while ivermectin may be used as an antiparasitic paste that's used on horses, it's true, it, it's used for that. Would have been fun to follow up, especially for those doctors. Uh, so are there any other uses? uses? Is there any pharmaceutical use? For ivermectin, outside of using it as a horse uh, anti-parasite uh, paste, would have been interesting to see what their their answers would have been. Actually, their answers wouldn't have been the most interesting part. The mental gymnastics that uh, many of these doctors would have engaged in. Now that would have been the interesting part. Isn't that something? We don't have a lot of faith <clears throat> right now in health officials. And I, by we, I mean any person who's at least questioning the narrative. We're like, uh, I don't know. You guys have uh, have kind of run with our trust, and, and it's turned out some of the things that you have said are either not true or have been falsely misrepresented, or there's information that's artificially being kept from us. So it's a little bit tough to know who to trust. J.D. Tuseal, writing for Reason.com, has an excellent article about how public health officials blew up their credibility and we're paying the price. The subtitle here, Vaccine Hesitancy Can in Part Be Laid at the Feet of Experts Who Betrayed the Public's Trust. So there's that. (laughs) J.D. Tuseal says, With COVID-19 still sickening and killing people, even though effective vaccines have been widely available for all since the spring, it's frustrating to see the vaccination rates creep up only slowly against a headwind of widespread resistance. He says it's even more frustrating that much of that resistance can be attributed to self-inflicted wounds on the part of public health experts and government officials. Having effectively discarded their own credibility since the beginning of the pandemic, the powers that be find that much of the population no longer places faith in what they have to say. 
Now, The Economist and YouGov asked in a recent poll, why aren't tens of millions of eligible Americans fully vaccinated against COVID-19? Most who haven't started the vaccination process say it's a matter of trust. The polling firm adds Americans who are sure they will not get the vaccine are especially likely to say their lack of trust in the government is their main reason for rejecting the vaccine. With 22% of respondents giving that as their reason for refusing vaccination, second to concerns about side effects. Okay, let me hit the pause button here for a second. It's, it's not so much just a matter of, yeah, I don't trust what the government is telling me. It's true. I don't trust what the government is telling me. I don't have the incredulous childlike wonder of a reporter asking Dr. Fauci, Will there be Christmas this year, sir? Do tell us, will we have a Christmas? Um, I'm not there. Fauci is uh, just, I'm sorry, I think the guy is a charlatan. And I think he, he is masterful at doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing every time he is questioned. So, yeah, there's that. There is no trust in government. But look, just speaking just for me, although I'm not, I know I'm not alone in this, it's the fact that it is being pushed so hard. It's the fact that I have people telling me that, uh, look, you just need to give up your choice in the matter. You need to do what we tell you to do and shut up. And that's and then everything's going to be OK. And if you don't, we're going to take away your job. We're going to take away your ability to travel. We're going to take away your inability, your ability to interact in the public. So other than that, though, it's totally your choice. We're just going to take away everything that you value until you do it. But it's your choice. See, that's the kind of BS that I'm like, nah, I will not play that game. You want to have a contest of wills? Let's have that contest. Yeah, it's going to make life uncomfortable. It already is making life uncomfortable for many of us in in some ways. But way too many of my freedoms have already been whittled down, and I will not budge another inch on this. That's why when they insist you have to take the vaccines, we've got to get the 97 98% vaccination rate, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Not as long as you were trying to force people to do it. And we'll see. I mean, have you noticed that uh, U.S. officials really haven't said much of anything about what's going on in Australia? And I don't spend all of my time watching the police, you know, getting brutal with, with people in Australia. And I mean, tackle people to the ground, pepper spraying elderly people, beating the crap out of them, running them down with horses because these people are outside their homes. And we didn't give you permission to do that. It's sickening. And yet you don't hear any U.S. officials saying, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Can you you can't do this. This is human rights abuses. If China was doing it or you know, <clears throat> if, if Iran was doing it, oh, they'd be crowing from the, the rooftops on this. But U.S. officials are very quiet. And I can't help but wonder if it's because in the back of their minds, they're thinking that's where we're headed. That's what we're going to do. Now, to to her credit, the prime minister of New Zealand finally admitted yesterday that uh, COVID is going to be here with us. It's The virus is endemic. It's like the flu. And nothing government does is going to make it go away. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to relinquish all control, but it's good to see somebody finally admit reality, and that is the virus doesn't care what government officials say. So, it's not just hesitancy because, well, I don't really trust the, <clears throat> the government. It's also a matter of you're trying to force me to do something. 
and you're trying to force me to do something that is not reversible, not something I could I could change my mind and take off later. Put this funny hat on your head and wear it everywhere you go. Well, okay, maybe I could do something like that. If I want to travel, i got to put the mask on, okay. But at least that's something that can be reversed. Once you've taken that mRNA re- injection, yeah, good luck uh, getting those spike proteins out of your blood. That's a part of you. All right, back to J.D. Tusil's article. He says, critics are certain to wave off the findings as unfounded concerns of low-information knuckle-draggers who need to be poked and prodded into compliance. Like I was saying... But while such dismissal may confirm a warm and fuzzy feeling of superiority, it doesn't explain why health officials, health professionals rather, have lost faith in public health officials. Trust in the CDC and the FDA has decreased dramatically during the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's among healthcare professionals, according to WebMD and Medscape. This was back in June. Out of nearly 2,000 nurses surveyed on Medscape, that's uh, <clears throat> WebMD's sister site for healthcare professionals, between May 25th and June 3rd, 77% said their trust in the CDC has decreased since the start of the pandemic. 51% said their trust in the FDA has decreased. Similarly, nearly 450 U.S. doctors surveyed in the same time period, 77%, said their trust in the CDC has decreased 48%, said their trust in the FDA has decreased. Now, respondents to that WebMD Medscape poll were citing concerns about politics affecting proper uh, or public health decisions, rather, as well as contradictory messages about masks, vaccination, and proper conduct to avoid infection. Both of those concerns were on display last year when public health officials went from condemning anti-lockdown protests to promoting protests against police brutality and racial injustice. Oh, yeah, they were thinking we wouldn't notice? Well, (laughs) we did. Are protests dangerous? What experts say may depend on who's protesting what. That was a headline from the New York Times on the whiplash-inducing change in messaging over the potential health risks at public gatherings. All right, here's where I'm going to tap the brakes. We'll have to come back to this, but what's your level of trust? both in your physician as well as in public health officials. I'm not saying it's got to be the same for either one. In fact, I'm not telling you you have to feel one way or the other. But if you have some trust issues with your medical professionals and with the health care or health officials, public health officials, just know you are not out of step here. You are not the crazy one. They've done a lot of things to destroy that trust. We'll come back to J.D. Tusil's article right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select quote. 
We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for Patriot VPN. Patriot VPN is a virtual private network service that uses military-grade encryption to protect your Internet connection on all of your devices. With Patriot VPN, your data and Internet privacy is secure anywhere in the world. Why do you need Patriot VPN? Cyber criminals, government, even your own Internet service provider collect and use your private information without your knowledge. Examples in the news recently, remember all the companies that have been hacked? Cuba censored the Internet to kill protests? Here in America, conservative groups are being actively targeted. Your personal information and Internet history is being sold by your ISP. It's all happening every day, but not with Patriot VPN. With Patriot VPN, your Internet activity and history is protected from prying eyes forever. Patriot VPN is a veteran-owned business right here in the USA. For business or your family, starting at only $6.95 a month, use code WAR and get three months free. With an annual subscription, it's all at PatriotVPN.com. That's PatriotVPN.com. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. you got to call now. And it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, just a a quick shout-out here to lifesavingfood.com. First of all, I'm very happy to have them as a sponsor, but I also want you to know they are there for my listeners and will take good care of you. In fact, they're offering a 20% discount for listeners to The Brian Hyde Show. All you have to do is enter the coupon code HYDE, that's H-Y-D-E, at uh, checkout, and you can save a cool 20%. That's one-fifth off whatever you're doing. By the way, here is something that you may want to check out. It's a hunting bucket. This is 100 bucks. It's a hunting bucket with enough meals and snacks for three full days, six entrees, three breakfasts, three snacks, packed in a grab-and-go bucket. Lots of great freeze-dried food. You need something quick to snack on? Boom, you've got it. Need a drink to boost your calories and your protein? There it is. Full meal for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? No problem. Rip it open Rip open the pouch of one of their breakfast or entree pouches and add water, wait 10 to 15 minutes, and dig in. Might not be a bad thing to have around just for like a 72-hour kit. Check it out, lifesavingfood.com. Tell them thanks for being one of my sponsors. Back to JD2Seals column about how public health officials blew up their credibility and we are paying the price. Now he says, Catherine Trosi, an epidemiologist at the University of Texas Health Science Center, 
conceded to the New York Times, <clears throat> I certainly condemned anti-lockdown protests back last year, and I'm not condemning the protests now, and I struggle with that. I have a hard time articulating why that's okay. As she should. That's, I mean, come on. Well, you know, these people out there protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matters, uh, obviously the virus isn't going to attack them. Why is that? Because it only attacks people who are protesting lockdowns. In other words, uh, people who are standing for freedom, as opposed to Marxism or whatever it is that uh, BLM is standing for these days. Yeah. And given that wholesale push towards communism that we seem to be approaching with this great reset mentality... Yeah, I would have to say there's there's some pretty selective reasoning taking place. So maybe she should have a tough time understanding it. But she's not alone. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy huffed in an open assertion. It's one thing to protest what, nail day, what day nail salons are opening. and It's another to come out in peaceful protest, standing amid the rubble, overwhelmingly about somebody who was murdered right before our eyes. So only protests with which the governor agrees apparently are acceptable. I know we're supposed to be like submissive little children who aren't supposed to notice that the emperor's parading around naked. But here we are, and some of us have our eyes open, and to the horror of the people around us, we will not shut up. J.D. Tusil says to large numbers of Americans, it's obvious that many of the people issuing public health dictates base their proclamations not on science, but on their personal biases. Those seeking actual medical guidance or who entertain different values might feel perfectly justified in ignoring public health officials who reveal themselves reveal themselves rather as just another class of activists. I think that's fair. And hypocrisy also plays a powerful role in eroding trust for officialdom. Last month, San Francisco Mayor London Breed was caught partying at a nightclub unmasked in defiance of her own orders. Here's what she told a reporter. No, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, eat and put my mask on. While I'm eating and I'm drinking, I'm going to keep my mask off. Now, she also kept her mask off while dancing, which she defended by saying, well, I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. And that was a sentiment that many people no doubt share, but which could get them fined if they were to act on it. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser also exempted herself from the rules when it was convenient. At the end of July, she told the Washington Examiner, I'm sorry, the Washington Examiner noted at the end of July, despite the mayor's order, the wedding reception featured hundreds of unmasked guests served by dozens of wait staff, including a conspicuously unmasked Bowser. And I know the hypocrisy is, that's disturbing in itself. But the even more disturbing spectacle has been pointed out by so many others. Glenn Greenwald actually did a terrific write-up on this. Is the fact that the servants, the serving class, the people who are going around, the little people, serving hors d'oeuvres and glasses of champagne at these, these official soirees, they're the ones who are masked. I just, I, you know, <clears throat> I can't help but think that's a pretty good uh, indicator of what is to come. Two classes, those who are above the rules and those who are beneath the rules and must live under them. And you and I are not part of that elite part of of the, the group there. They can get away without wearing masks because they are sophisticated and vaccinated. We're the unwashed. We're the servant class. We're supposed to shut up and know our places. 
I know. For all the talk that goes on, we got to eliminate racism. we got to eliminate all this prejudice in society. We're sure doing a good job of building a system that seems to celebrate exactly that. Now, J.D. Tuseal points out that Breed and Bowser are hardly alone since pandemic rules have overwhelmingly applied only to the little people and are ignored by those who make them and their friends. To which he says, it's difficult to imagine a more effective way of eroding officialdom standing with the general public. Even if institutions manage to walk back their mistakes, this self-destructive behavior will have serious long-term consequences. This was, these are the words of Zaid Jelani last week on Persuasion on the flurry of <clears throat> recent own goals support, scored rather by supposedly reliable experts. Jelani said, if institutions continue to undermine their own credibility, people may start going to less reliable sources for information as well. <laughs> Is this why the fact checkers exist, so they can protect us? Now, J.D. Tuseal says Jelani didn't even address the ongoing fiasco of pandemic-era guidance, but focused on the politicization of museums, think tanks, and universities. The effect is the same, though. Abandoning objectivity and substituting ideological preferences for consistent standards damages trust. Come on, you see this with your own kids. Do as I say, not as I do. Smoking cigarettes is bad as dad lights up his 20th camel of the day, right? Tuseal says it took a long time for experts and officials to build whatever standing they had with the public, but too many of them seemed dead set on burning it as quickly as possible. One end result of destroyed credibility, as we've seen, is resistance among part of the population to vaccination for COVID-19, with trust cited as a reason for that hesitancy. The fact is, Millions of Americans simply distrust the people who tell them the vaccines are safe and effective for reducing the dangers of the disease, and they have turned to alternative sources that echo the public's disdain for the powers that be while also peddling, in some cases, bad medical information. Yes, J.D. Tusil says, anti-vaxxers are making bad choices. I think he's making a bad choice by labeling anybody who won't uh, take the vaccine as anti-vaxxer. That's a pejorative, but hey, you know. It's okay. We'll disagree on, on, on the wording here. But he says they've been strongly nudged in that direction by self-destructive experts. On that, he and I can agree. Officials are justified in complaining about vaccine hesitancy among the public, pop, the general population, rather. But when they're looking for somebody to blame about the resistance the public is showing to medical advice, he says those officials should just look in the mirror. Of course, I will have a link to this in the show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. I'm raspy as can be today, and I want you to know that uh, I, as far as I know, it's not COVID. If it is, it's a mild case, but, you know, I'm, I'm here to soldier on and do the best I can to speak the truth even when my voice is right there on the verge of, of leaving me. Look, nobody has better knowledge or a better sense of what is right for you and for your loved ones than you do. If you're a parent, this is especially true. I'm going to get a little bit uh, metaphysical for a moment here. God trusted you with those children. That's who your ultimate stewardship belongs to. That's where your accountability goes. To your creator, not to some government bureaucrat, not to your doctor, not to the school district. You will answer to God for how you raised your kids, how you protected your kids, or how you put them in harm, or in harm's way, rather, 
you know, depending on how you, you behaved and the choices you made as a parent. Sorry for the pressure that puts on you. But there it is. That's, that's a part of reality. And I, one of the things that, that I look at as I'm looking at J.D. Tusil's article here, yeah, public health officials have blown up our trust. And medical doctors, some of them are feeling that. And there are medical, there, there is no perfect consensus in medicine that this is the only way it can be. Now, to see most mainstream media articles, that's, that's the impression you're going to get. Well, doctors all agree this is the way it has to be. But there is no consensus. So doctors who want to keep their jobs and not be kicking a pebble down the street, oh, yeah, I can certainly see where they would agree with whatever the, uh, you know, the line is that they're supposed to tow at the moment. But there are also independent doctors out there who make an awful lot of sense. Look for the best information you can. Be willing to dig hard and do your own homework. Pray about it if you need to, but make your own decision. This is your choice and your free will we're talking about. You cannot surrender or outsource it. This is The Brian Hyde Show. A trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Just so you know, this program exists because the battle for your mind is a real battle. Now, I'm not wanting to take over your mind, but I'm urging you. Plant that flag of your personal sovereignty and free will. Stand up and claim your heritage as a free individual. And don't let other people tinker with how you think. This is a time to stand for yourself, and it means you're going to have to engage in wrong think if you're willing to do that. The good news is, this is a gathering place for people who have recognized that uh, they have their own ability to call their shots in life. So come and revel in wrong think with your fellow wrong thinkers. And together, we may just learn a thing or two as we make our way along. Our sponsors include MonticelloCollege.org, LifesavingFood.com, and the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Well, if you questioned your sanity any time during the last 20 months, it's time you learned the truth. And that is that, uh, yes, the battle for your mind is a real thing. John Whitehead has uh, long been one of the staunchest uh, defenders of freedom, as well as he's probably one of the most uh, unabashed voices calling out misconduct on the part of government. And I've got a great article from him about how in order to find freedom from fear, you've got to stop playing the government's mind games. And that's, that is a big realization to get your mind around. Is someone playing mind games trying to make you afraid? He has a quote here from Edward R. Murrow, broadcast journalist. No one can terrorize a whole nation unless we are all his accomplices. And then he points out America's in the midst of an epidemic of historic proportions. The contagion being spread like wildfire is turning communities into battlegrounds and setting Americans one against the other. Normally mild-mannered individuals caught up in the throes of this disease have been transformed into belligerent zealots while others inclined to pacifism have taken to stockpiling weapons and practicing defensive drills. Now, Whitehead says this plague on our nation, one that's been spreading like wildfire, 
is a potent mix of fear coupled with unhealthy doses of paranoia and intolerance. Tragic hallmarks of the post-9-11 America in which we live and the constantly shifting crises that keep the populace in a state of high alert. Everywhere you turn, those on both the left and the right wing are fomenting distrust and division. And he says you can't escape it. John Whitehead says we're being fed a constant diet of fear. Fear of a virus. Fear of the unmasked. Fear of terrorists. Fear of illegal immigrants. Fear of people who are too religious. Fear of people who are not religious enough. Fear of extremists. Fear of the government. Fear of those who fear the government. And the list goes on and on. The strategy's simple, but effective. The best way to control a populace is through fear and discord. Fear makes people stupid. By the way, just as a good example of this, the president of the Association of School Boards appeals to the Biden administration, please get the FBI to investigate these parents who are showing up to school board meetings and, and making us stink about math. They're threatening us. They're questioning us. And it's making us scared. Okay, I don't doubt that they're a little bit scared. They're rightly being called out by parents. And look, I'm not saying that people who stand up and shout or who get profane and, you know, cause a disturbance, they're probably not doing the best job of diplomatically, you know, registering their their displeasure. But they have every right to hold public officials to account. But now they are being equated with terrorists. And the Biden administration says, yes, sir, we'll get the FBI right on this. Start investigating these parents who show up. It's already happening that parents are being arrested for school board meetings they showed up to weeks ago, sometimes months ago, when they were protesting. See how we just lower the bar a little bit? Oh, that's a, that's a form of domestic terrorism. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I will say this. If your school board views you with that kind of disdain or views you as that kind of a threat? Why haven't you pulled your kids out? Why would you leave your children under the influence and within the clutches of of such monstrous mentality as that? I know it wouldn't be easy, right? This is free babysitting we're giving up if we take our kids out. How important is it to you? Maybe this is something that... uh, Parents should be taken as as seriously as possible. Unfortunately, I think human nature being what it is, uh, most people won't realize till it's likely a little bit too late. Okay, back to John Whitehead's article. He points out the formula of how fear makes people stupid. You confound them, you distract them with mindless news chatter and entertainment, pit them against one another by turning minor disagreements into major skirmishes, and tie them up in knots over matters lacking in national significance. More importantly, he says, though, divide the people into factions, persuade them to see each other as the enemy, and keep them screaming at each other so they drown out all other sounds. In this way, they will never reach consensus about anything and will be too distracted to notice the police state closing in on them until the final crushing curtain falls. This is how free people enslave themselves and allow tyrants to prevail. Now, John Whitehead says this Machiavellian scheme has so ensnared the nation that few Americans even realize they're being manipulated into adopting an us-against-them mindset. He says, instead, fueled with fear and loathing for phantom opponents, they agree to pour millions of dollars and resources into political elections, militarized police, spy technology, endless wars, COVID-19 mandates, etc., hoping for a guarantee of safety that never comes. 
All the while, those in power, bought and paid for by lobbyists and corporations, move their costly agendas forward, and we, the suckers, get saddled with the tax bills and subjected to pat-downs, police raids, and round-the-clock surveillance. Now, John Whitehead says, turn on the TV or flip flip open the newspaper on any given day, you will find yourself accosted by reports of government corruption, corporate malfeasance, militarized police, marauding SWAT teams, and egregious assaults on the rights of the citizenry. In other words, America has already entered a new phase, one in which communities are locked down, employees are forced to choose between keeping their jobs or exercising their freedoms, children are arrested in schools, Military veterans forcibly detained by government agents and law-abiding Americans are finding their movements tracked, their financial transactions documented, and their communications monitored. And he says, do not underestimate these threats. Even more dangerous than these violations of our basic rights, he says, is the language in which they are couched. The language of fear. It's a language spoken effectively by politicians on both sides of the aisle, shouted from media pundits on their cable TV pulpits, marketed by corporations, and codified into bureaucratic laws that do little to make our lives safer or more secure. John Whitehead says, Fear, as history shows, is the most often method used, is the method most often used by politicians to increase the power of government. And he says these tactics are working so far. There's an atmosphere of fear that permeates modern America. Each successive crisis in recent years, COVID-19 pandemic, terrorism, etc., manufactured or legitimate, has succeeded in reducing the American people to what commentator Dan Sanchez refers to as herd-minded hundreds of millions who will stampede to the state for security, bleating to please, please be shorn of their remaining liberties. Sanchez continues. He says, I'm not terrified of the terrorists. In other words, I'm not myself terrorized. Rather, I am terrified of the terrorized. Terrified of the bovine masses who are so easily manipulated by terrorists, governments, and the terror-amplifying media into allowing our country to slip toward totalitarianism and total war. Sanchez says, I do not irrationally and disproportionately fear Muslim bomb-wielding jihadists or white gun-toting nutcases. But he says, I rationally and proportionately fear those who do. And regimes such such terror empowers. Sanchez says, history demonstrates that governments are capable of mass murder and enslavement far beyond what rogue militants can muster. Industrial-scale terrorists are the ones who wear ties, chevrons, and badges. But such terrorists are a powerless few among the, or rather without the supine acquiescence of the terrorized many. His point being, there's nothing to fear but the fearful themselves. So Dan Sanchez says, stop swallowing the overblown scaremongering of the government and its corporate media cronies. Stop letting them use hysteria over small menaces to drive you into the arms of tyranny, which is the greatest menace of all. And John Whitehead summarizes, as history makes clear, fear leads to fascistic totalitarian regimes. We're going to come back to his article, just the other side of these messages. I hope you'll stick around. At any rate, you can check it out in the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. Listen, while you're there, please click subscribe to the podcast. As a subscriber, I will send out an email version of my show notes every time I publish a show. So there's that. 
Chris Mel, so some nice perks for those who are actually financially supporting members. Check it out for yourself at thebrianhydeshow.com. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot for Patriot VPN. Patriot VPN is a virtual private network service that uses military-grade encryption to protect your Internet connection on all of your devices. With Patriot VPN, your data and Internet privacy is secure anywhere in the world. Why do you need Patriot VPN? Cyber criminals, government, even your own Internet service provider collect and use your private information without your knowledge. Examples in the news recently, remember all the companies that have been hacked? Cuba censored the Internet to kill protests? Here in America, conservative groups are being actively targeted. Your personal information and Internet history is being sold by your ISP. It's all happening every day, but not with Patriot VPN. With Patriot VPN, your Internet activity and history is protected from prying eyes forever. Patriot VPN is a veteran-owned business right here in the USA. For business or your family, starting at only $6.95 a month, use code WAR and get three months free. With an annual subscription, it's all at PatriotVPN.com. That's PatriotVPN.com. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. you got to call now. And it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Just a quick shout-out here to my sponsors, including the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Yeah, if you're one of the thousands of people relocating to the Intermountain West, I don't have to tell you, it's the hottest real estate market most of us have ever seen. What that means is competition is fierce, and when you find the home of your dreams, your financing has to be squared away right now. This is why you want to contact the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage first. 
They're the ones you want on your side to make things happen when time is of the essence. And this is true for any of my listeners looking to secure a mortgage in the state of Utah. Call the Heather Turner team at 435-703-4522 if you're in St. George. You can always stop by 619 South Bluff Street. Heather's NMLS ID is 715386. And Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. I've been sharing an article here from John Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute. And he talks about if you want freedom from fear, you've got to stop playing the government's mind games. And there are a lot of mind games that are taking place right now that are deliberately taking place to scare you and me into the arms of those who say, I just want to protect you as they wrap you in that protective material that turns out to be a straitjacket. Whitehead says it's a simple enough formula. National crises, global pandemics, reported terrorist attacks, and sporadic shootings leave us in a constant state of fear. And fear prevents us from thinking. The emotional panic that accompanies fear actually shuts down the prefrontal cortex of the rational thinking part of our brains. In other words, when we're consumed by fear, we stop thinking. And a populace that stops thinking finds themselves uh, easily led, easily manipulated, easily controlled. So here are just a few of the necessary ingredients. If you want to see a fascistic state come out, Antifa, you should probably take notes of this because you guys have got it totally backwards. He says uh, the necessary ingredients include the government being managed by a powerful leader, even if he or she assumes office by way of the electoral process. This is the fascistic leadership principle or father figure. Secondly, the government is not restrained in its power. That's authoritarianism, which it eventually evolves into totalitarianism. Next, he says, the government ostensibly operates under a capitalist system while being undergirded by an immense bureaucracy. The government, through its politicians, emits powerful and continuing expressions of nationalism. The government has an obsession with national security while constantly invoking terrifying internal and external enemies. Boy, they've really been expanding that list of internal enemies lately, too. Interesting, isn't it? The government establishes a domestic and invasive surveillance system and develops a paramilitary force that is not answerable to the citizenry. That would be the Capitol Police, folks. The government and its various agencies, or or the FBI, either one. The government and its various agencies, federal, state, and local, develop an obsession with crime and punishment. This is overcriminalization. Next, he says, the government becomes increasingly centralized while aligning closely with corporate powers to control all aspects of the country's social, economic, military, and governmental structures. The government uses militarism as a center point of its economic and taxing structure. And the government is increasingly imperialistic in order to maintain the military-industrial-corporate forces. <clears throat> now, the, the, these ingredients here for fascism and the, the parallels to modern America are pretty dang tough to ignore. Jeffrey Tucker says every industry is regulated, every profession classified and organized, every good or service is taxed, endless debt accumulation is preserved, immense doesn't even begin to describe the bureaucracy, military preparedness never stops and war with some evil foreign foe remains a daily prospect. But John Whitehead says for the final hammer of fascism to fall, it will require the most crucial ingredient, and that is the majority of the people will have to agree that it's not only expedient, 
but necessary. In times of crisis, expediency is upheld as the central principle. That is, in order to keep us safe and secure, the government must militarize the police, strip us of basic constitutional rights, and criminalize virtually every form of behavior. So not only does fear grease the world's or grease the uh, wheels of the transition to uh, fascism by cultivating fearful, controlled, pacified, cowed citizens, but it also embeds itself in the very in our very DNA so that we pass on our fear and our compliance to our offspring. It's called epigenetic inheritance, the transmission through DNA of tra- traumatic experiences. For example, neuroscientists have observed how quickly fear can travel through generations of mice DNA. The Washington Post says in the experiment, researchers taught male mice to fear the smell of cherry blossoms by associating that scent with mild foot shocks. Two weeks later, they bred with females. The resulting pups were raised to adulthood, having never been exposed to the smell. Yet when the critters caught a whiff of it for the first time, they suddenly became anxious and fearful. They were even born with more cherry blossom-detecting neurons in their noses and more brain space devoted to cherry blossom smelling. The conclusion? A newborn mouse pup, seemingly innocent to the workings of the world, may actually harbor generations' worth of information passed down by its ancestors. I believe the Bible talks about something like this, right? The sin will actually be visited upon for, on their children for three generations or something? <clears throat> Just a little something to consider. Now consider the ramifications of inherited generations of fear and experiences on human beings. As the Washington Post reports, studies on humans suggest that children and grandchildren may have felt the epigenetic impact of such traumatic events as famine, the Holocaust, and the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. So John Whitehead is suggesting that fear, trauma, and compliance can be passed down through the generations. He says, fear has been a critical tool in past fascistic regimes. It now operates in our contemporary world, all of which raises fundamental questions about us as human beings and what we will give up in order to perpetuate the illusions of safety and security. In the words of psychologist Eric Fromm, can can human nature be changed in such a way that a man will forget his longing for freedom, for dignity, for integrity, for love? That is to say, can man forget He is human. Or does human nature have a dynamism which will react to the violation of these basic human needs by attempting to change an inhuman society into a human one? I'll have a link to John Whitehead's article in the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. He's pretty unflinching. Okay, so if if you're one of those people who says, look, I don't want to bring any negativity into my life. First of all, I don't blame you. But uh, secondly... If you want to face the facts, John's a good go-to source. He's, he's been sounding the warning for many, many years. He's been legally involved helping to fight back tyranny. I consider him a pretty credible source. Once you realize it's a mind game, you start to have power that you did not previously had. Have, rather. <clears throat> I'll use this example. Um, <clears throat> years ago... I had a friend who had some, some, shall we say, difficulties with the police. We're talking as young teenagers. Had spent some time being interrogated by police. Had actually, you know, been to court for having done things that, uh, that they should not have done. And it was, a, it was a big deal. But one of the things that this friend told me 
was, hey, when you're being questioned by a police officer, you got to understand the main job that they're trying to do is to get into your head. And when you understand that, that it's just a game, it's just a matter of they're trying to break through, it becomes a lot easier to resist. Now, I've never had trouble with the police. I did have a few times in the principal's office. And it turns out some of those same tactics were brought to bear. But once I realized it was a game, well, it was a lot easier to call the bluff of the person sitting on the other side of that desk. I'm not suggesting that you uh, misbehave or anything like that. I did straighten my act up. But when you know that somebody is setting out to hack your brain, <clears throat> suddenly things become a lot <clears throat> a lot more clear. And it's a little bit easier to know where you stand and to stand with some confidence. It's a mind game. Don't let them win. Whatever you do, do not let them win. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm, I'm really struggling to keep my voice today, and, and I apologize. I, I don't like to clear my, my voice or clear my throat on mic, but it happens sometimes. And I'm, I'm definitely, definitely working to bring you all the news that's worth considering in a crisp, upbeat fashion. But I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, <clears throat> clear my throat every so often just to, to keep it going. Anyway, thanks for being part of the audience. Let's move on to another topic here. You know, one of the great things about gigantic, bloated, $3.5 trillion spending bills is you can hide a lot of goodies in them for your friends and your enablers. Adam Goulette shines a light on how hidden in the latest spending bill is a journalism tax credit that could make many members of the media paid agents of the state. I'm not trying to preach distrust of the media, but no, actually I am. I'm telling you, be careful. And here's another reason why you should be careful. Adam Goulet says, here's one piece of the $3.5 trillion spending bill the media is unlikely to tell you about, and that is their bailout. The massive, bloated $3.5 billion trillion bill has received so much pork that fiscal hawks could eat it for weeks. But one piece that hasn't got a lot of attention yet is a special journalism tax credit equal to 50% of the salary of each journalist. That's up to $50,000 per journalist annually. So let's put that into plain English. Your tax dollars would be paying 50% of the salary of many journalists, whether you like their reporting or not. Think of it as a way to turn every news outlet in America into a version of NPR. Now, he says, let's be clear. Saving the media would destroy the media. How could we ever trust journalists to accurately cover the elected officials who voted against their funding? How can you speak truth to power when you're also pleading with that power for cash? Which news outlets would get the funding? Which ones would be snubbed? Any pretense of objectivity would be destroyed once the media is on the federal payroll. Oh, and by the way, Adam Goulet says, if you think the media is already hostile to conservatives, libertarians, Christians, business leaders, Southerners, and basically anyone who didn't love Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's dress from the Met Gala, just imagine the disdain they'll show us once they're funded by tax dollars. Also imagine the press coverage of any politician that dares to oppose renewing or increasing their funding. Why, the media will eat them alive! 
I think that's the point, though. Adam Goulet says the idea that Americans should be forced to financially support news outlets they don't like is immoral, obnoxious, and a threat to both free markets and free speech. He says it's also outrageous when one considers the proliferation of new media outlets that have already replaced these dinosaurs. In 2021, most Americans are getting their news from independent podcasts, blogs, social media sites, and more. They compensate these journalists using new payment services like Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee, and GoFundMe. Last year, Patreon Patreon alone paid out roughly a billion dollars to creators. So rather than using journalists to shake down taxpayers, why don't these desperate journalists try to collect money voluntarily on Patreon? It makes me think of a tweet. I think I've referenced this before. The, this journalist was, was complaining, people spend five bucks for a beer, but they won't spend five dollars for a monthly subscription to, to the news. Journalism, you know, he goes, why don't they take journalism more seriously? And the response somebody sent him was, my beer doesn't lecture me on how important it is. Still one of the best comebacks I think I've ever seen. Adam Gwilett says, look, this isn't the first time progressives have tried to redistribute your tax dollars to their allies in the media. A dedicated media bailout was initially proposed at the onset of the pandemic. First news outlets lobbied Congress for a dedicated bailout. That was in in addition to the payroll protection program cash that many local newspapers took advantage of. The Seattle Times happily grabbed $9.9 million. The Tampa Bay Times, a hard-left newspaper, bagged $8.5 million. Many other newspapers did the same. Now, when this dedicated bailout failed to catch steam, the next proposal was to modify payroll protection program rules so that large conglomerates like McClatchy would be allowed to qualify. Gannett deserves credit for opposing both efforts, and it wasn't alone. Now, his organization, Accuracy in Media, led the fight against both versions of the media bailout. Accuracy and media activists sent emails, made phone calls, even delivered 50,787 anti-bailout petitions to the office of then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Bipartisan majorities in both houses of Congress supported this bailout, but but fortunately, rather, McConnell responded to the petitions and blocked the proposal. Now, Adam Goulet says, look, bad businesses should be allowed to fail. Doing so creates space in the market for better companies to take their place. And it's for this reason that Accuracy in Media is renewing our efforts to defeat this and all media bailouts. He says every American should tell their member of Congress to oppose this idea. And even more importantly, they should tell their local news outlets the same thing. No journalist subsidized with tax dollars should ever be taken seriously in this country. Most Americans distrust the media. They were rightfully outraged when journalists entirely ignored the Hunter Biden scandals in the final weeks of the 2020 election. But now it looks like their allies in Washington, D.C. are going to reward them for their loyalty. It's a dark day in our nation when journalists become beneficiaries from the federal spoils system. And at the same time, it makes sense, right? If you want to, if you want to have your, the, the press support you, Buy that support. Absolutely. Buy it. All right. Going to shift gears here. By the way, what he was saying about, uh, you know, alternative sources of information, you're listening to one of those right now. This program is one of many programs out there, and I'm just one of many voices out there doing our best to proclaim the truth as best we understand it. 
So I'm going to extend this invitation to you. And this is a totally voluntary thing on your part. If you find value in the message of this show or other shows like it, I would ask you to consider. Send 5 or $10 a month, if you can afford it, to continue to support programs like this. There are links within the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. You become a subscriber. You know, that is uh, that is one way to do it. But the choice is yours. I'm not going to take it out of your pocket, you know, with tax dollars, which you cannot resist. Thank you very much. And then, then put it to use. This has got to be your choice. But I'll thank you in advance, and I thank those who are already doing this for uh, helping to keep the wolves away from my door while I do what I do. Greatly appreciated. So do you get the impression that racism and climate change are pretty much the biggest problems facing humanity? I mean, it would be understandable if a lot of people felt this way because, uh, frankly, they get a lot of of press time, right? Robert E. Wright, writing for the American Institute for Economic Research, has a marvelous solution to reduce racism and global climate change in one step. Here's how he explains it. He says, too often lovers of liberty, this one included, respond to claims like X is bad and it's occurring more frequently, so we need more government, with X isn't occurring or it is actually good from another perspective. And he says, we need to remember to follow through by explaining that even if if bad X occurs, government is probably the cause, not the cure. We got 99 problems, and as I explained to protesters in Charleston in the summer of 2020, the government directly causes or exacerbates all of them. But he says, let's just consider what many progressives rank as two of our biggest problems, systemic racism and global climate change. You might recall that the Washington Post considers them inextricably intertwined. But instead of pointing out that people of all skin complexions still flock to this country and that the media exaggerates speculative climate models, I'll stipulate that both exist and both are bad. Racism definitely is, but he says climate change may not be. So how do we thwart this two-headed nuisance? Well, he says, how about striking at the root? That's reasonable, right? Make sure that we kill the entire weed so it doesn't readily grow back. What then is at the root of systemic racism and global climate change? Governments. If we defunded governments by half, both problems would fall off the radar as would many other problems, from the morbidly obese national debt to runaway tuition and medical expenses. He says, fact is, were it not for New Deal meddling in electricity development and high regulatory barriers for nuclear energy generation, America might already be at net zero carbon. The former effectively stopped the development of green distributed energy markets and technologies. The latter greatly slowed Generation 4 fission reactors and fusion energy technologies. In other words, clean, safe, cheap energy without any of the downsides of wind and solar. Thanks a lot, Uncle Sam. And of course, he says it's well established. Uncle Sam and other American governments are racist in effect, if not intent. Drug laws create a new Jim Crow system of segregation. Municipal governments prey on the poor for fines and fees. Unnecessary occupational licensing laws keep the disadvantaged out of a variety of good jobs. And COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates disproportionately hurt people of color. Worst of all, he says, perhaps government financial regulations prevent members of some communities from engaging in the forms of self-help that created pathways that enabled members of earlier groups of hyphenated Americans, including immigrants and religious minorities, to fully join what we used to call the American dream. We'll come back to Robert E. Wright's article in just a few moments. Stay with us. 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. Each policy points and availability vary by state. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. With a Democratic sweep officially in place, we are now at the mercy of tax and spend economics. Get ready for runaway national debt pushing the further devaluation of the dollar. So if you haven't invested in gold, now is the time to protect your savings. Birch Gold Group is the premier precious metals IRA company in America. With an A-plus BBB rating and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold can help you move an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by gold. Go to birchgold.com slash radio for your free information kit. That's birchgold.com slash radio. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, once again, welcome back to the show. Don't forget to check out my sponsor links in the show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com. Click on the one labeled lifesavingfood.com. Take a good look at uh, what they have to offer for food storage, whether you're starting out or you have a good, well-established program. I think you'll find something there that would be a welcome addition. And here's the kicker. My listeners get 20% off by using the coupon code HYDE, H-Y-D-E, at checkout. It's really that simple. How'd you like to save a cool 20% on something that will actually matter? Something you can set on the shelf and count on for 25 years if need be. Details are waiting right there at my website, the Brian Hyde Show. 
Com. So I'm sharing this article here from Robert E. Wright from the American Institute for Economic Research. Reducing racism and global climate change in one step. I think he's onto something here. If you want to reduce these things, reduce the size of government, and these things will follow in, in being reduced. Robert E. Wright says, I argued last year that those who want to defund the police are onto something. They just want to go too fast, given that people in America's urban centers haven't self-policed for over a century. But they did before the Civil War, and Americans still self-police in many rural areas, despite the popularity of uh, Walt Longmire and Rayland Givens. Self-policing requires strong Second Amendment protections, like constitutional carry. But no self-styled progressive wants people of color living in urban areas to be able to defend themselves. So only overworked cops and violent criminals carry guns with predictable results. Well, America's a democracy, so don't Americans get the laws they want? Ha! Robert E. Wright says Americans elect government officials kind of, sort of, but is there really a choice between Tweedledee or Tweedledum rather and Tweedledumber? He says America's political system has devolved to the point that voters regularly choose people who can't keep their libidos in check, who invade distant nations based on lies and then lie some more about why America must keep troops there who fuel massive booms, then bail out the corporations that got rich during the bubble, who label major reform bills the opposite of what they do, and who upend decades of established tariff policies by starting a trade war with a major creditor and trading partner. And now the Biden administration makes us pine for them all. He says one hopefully does not have to be a National Review conservative to concede its claim that most Biden economic policies do not make rational sense. Biden recently claimed that America's, Americans will pay however many trillion for the policy that uh, it doesn't really cost anything. Really? From trickle-down economics to freakonomics to moronomonics in one lifetime? By the way, the, safer, the saner claim that so many trillions won't add to the national debt at least could be true, but it isn't. Now, he says there is a good economic case for open immigration. The Biden administration hasn't made it. He says, I can't imagine how its darker-skinned constituents feel about its open border policy. How does allowing millions of newcomers into the country help to achieve equity for those born in America? Isn't the most likely outcome a political backlash and higher unemployment? Maybe conservative pundits like Tucker Carlson are right about the open border being a cynical ploy for votes, hence the ongoing destruction of the secret ballot and voter ID laws. But he says one can also approach the issue of government culpability in America's problems from the other way, too, by asking what good has government ever done? Is there a single good or service that it provides better than the private sector? And he walks you through a whole bunch of them here. Education, health care, infrastructure, affordable housing, redistributing income, military protection, wasting other people's money. Yeah, he says, you got me there, but that's actually a bad, not a good. Instead of asking... What can the government do to fix this problem? He says Americans should ask, how did the government screw this up, and how can we restore efficient market solutions? The world will never be completely free of bigotry, bad weather, and 97 other problems, but at least the taxpayers can stop paying through the nose to make them worse. You got to check out the rest of that article. His rebuttals on each one of those things that that, uh, can be done better by the private sector than by government definitely worth considering. Check out the show notes at thebrianheidshow.com. One final note here, and this is from the Brownstone Institute by Dr. Martin Koldorf. 
Hospitals should hire, not fire, nurses with national with natural immunity. This brings to mind one of the big questions that's come up here recently, and that is, would hospitals really be firing medical personnel if this was an authentic pandemic and they were legitimately overwhelmed? We're getting some pretty mixed signals here. On the one hand, oh, this is terrible. There's so many COVID patients. We're just overwhelmed. We, we can't take care of all the patients that we have. Oh, by the way, uh, 30% of our staff refused to get vaccinated, so we let them all go. Kind of sounds like a problem of their own creation. Here is what uh, Martin Koldorf, again, he's an MD, says should happen. He says, among many surprising developments during this pandemic, the most stunning has been the questioning of naturally acquired immunity after a person has had the COVID disease. Now, lest you think this is just a Johnny-come-lately subject, he says, we've understood natural immunity at least since the Athenian plague back in 430 B.C. This is what Thucydides had to say. Yet it was with those who had recovered from the disease that the sick and dying found most compassion. They knew what it was from experience and had no fear for themselves, for the same man was never attacked twice, never at least fatally. Now, Dr. Martin Koldorf says we've lived with endemic coronaviruses for at least 100 years for which we have long-lasting natural immunity. As expected, we also have natural immunity after COVID-19 disease, as there have been exceedingly few reinfections with serious illnesses or death, despite a widely circulating virus. Now, he says, for most viruses, natural immunity is better than vaccine-induced immunity, and that's also true for COVID. In the best study to date, the vaccinated were around 27 times more likely to have symptomatic disease than those with natural immunity, with an estimated range between 13 and 57. With no COVID deaths in either group, both natural and vaccine immunity protect well against death. And yes, he does have a link in that article, which is included in the show notes. Dr. Koldorf says, During the last decade, I've worked closely with hospital epidemiologists. While the role of physicians is to treat patients and to make them well, the task of the hospital epidemiologist is to ensure that patients do not get sick while in the hospital, such as catching a deadly virus from another patient or a caretaker. For that purpose, hospitals employ a variety of measures, from frequent hand washing to full infection control regalia when caring for an Ebola patient. Vaccinations are a key component of these control efforts. For example, two weeks before spleen surgery, patients are given the pneumococcal vaccine to minimize postoperative infections and most clinical staff are immunized against influenza every year. Infection control measures are especially critical for older, frail hospital patients with a weakened immune system. They can become infected and die from a virus that most people would easily survive. A key rationale for immunizing nurses and physicians against influenza is to ensure that they do not infect such patients. How can hospitals best protect their patients from COVID disease? Well, Dr. Koldorf says it's an enormously important question, also relevant for nursing homes. There are some obvious standard solutions, such as separating COVID patients from other patients, minimizing staff rotation, and providing generous sick leave for staff with COVID-like symptoms. Another goal should be to employ staff with the strongest possible immunity against COVID, as they are less likely to catch it and spread it to their patients. This means that hospitals and nursing homes should actively seek to hire staff that have natural immunity from prior COVID disease and use such staff for their most vulnerable patients. Hence, we are now seeing a fierce competition where hospitals and nursing homes are desperately trying to hire people with natural immunity. Well, actually, 
not. Instead, hospitals are firing nurses and other staff with superior natural immunity while retaining those with weaker vaccine-induced immunity. And by doing so, they're betraying their patients, increasing their risk for hospital-acquired infections. He says, by pushing vaccine mandates, White House Chief Medical Officer Dr. Anthony Fauci is questioning the existence of natural immunity after COVID disease. And in doing so, he's following the lead of CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, who questioned national immunity, natural immunity rather, in a 2020 memorandum published by The Lancet. By instituting vaccine mandates, university hospitals are now also questioning the existence of natural immunity after COVID disease. Dr. Koldorf says, I find this astonishing. He says, I work at at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, which has announced that all nurses, doctors, and other healthcare providers will be fired if they don't get a COVID vaccine. Last week, he says, I spoke with one of our nurses. She worked hard caring for COVID patients, even as some of her colleagues left in fear at the beginning of the pandemic. Now, unsurprisingly, she got infected, but then recovered. Now she has stronger and longer lasting immunity than the vaccinated work from home hospital administrators who are firing her for not being vaccinated. Dr. Martin Koldorf says if university hospitals cannot get the medical evidence right on the basic science of immunity, how can we trust them with any other aspects of our health? He asks, what's next? Universities questioning whether the earth is round or flat? That at least would do less harm. Check out his article in the show notes at thebrianhideshow.com. This is The Brian Hyde Show.